0: Welcome to the World Beyond the tale, the Page Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host James, and today we're reading page 115. Sorry. Now, stand over here and help us up, said Wednesday, and he walked over to the platform on one side with a description of the carousel on it and a warning that the carousel was not to be ridden. Shadow thought of saying something, but instead he helped them, one by one, up onto the ledge. Wednesday seemed profoundly heavy. Chernabog climbed up himself, using only Shadow's shoulder to steady himself. Nancy seemed to weigh nothing at all. Each of the old men climbed onto the ledge, and then, with a step and a hop, they walked out onto the circling carousel platform. Well, barked Wednesday, aren't you coming? Shadow was not without a certain amount of hesitation, and a hasty look around for any House on the Rock personnel who might be watching swung himself up onto the ledge beside the world's largest carousel. Shadow was puzzled to realize that he was far more concerned with breaking the rules by climbing into the carousel than he had been aiding and abetting this afternoon's bank robbery. Each of the old men selected a mount. Wednesday climbed onto a golden wolf. Schernebog climbed onto an armored centaur, its face hidden by a metal helmet. Nancy, chuckling, slithered up onto the back of an enormous leaping lion, captured by the sculptor mid roar. He patted the side of the lion. The Strauss waltz carried them around majestically. Wednesday was smiling and Nancy was laughing delightedly, an old man's cackle, and even the dour Chernobog seemed to be enjoying himself. Shadow felt as if a weight were suddenly lifted from his back. Three old men were enjoying themselves riding the world's biggest carousel. So what if they did all get thrown out of the place? Wasn't it worth it, worth anything, to say that you had ridden on the world's largest carousel? Wasn't it worth it to have traveled on one of those glorious monsters? Shadow inspected a bulldog and a creature, and an elephant with a golden howdah and then he climbed on the back of a creature with an eagle's head and the body of a tiger and held on tight. The rhythm of the Blue Danube waltz rippled and rang and sang in his head. The lights of a thousand chandeliers glinted and prismed, and for a heartbeat Shadow was a child again, and all it took to make him. And that's our page. I think it's good to note that Wednesday is heavier than Shadow expects, and I think this comes up a couple more times in the novel. I don't know that it's important necessarily that Nancy is lighter, although I think this is kind of a bit of disparity related to their godhoods, as Nancy is typically a spider. So a spider, in theory at least, would be lighter than a a god who is also a man, who is also a number of other things, as Wednesday is. But it could also be just that they're different men. Another good moment is Shadow realizing he's much more concerned about being caught on the carousel than he was about being involved in a bank robbery. On a cosmic scale, or even a godlike scale, they're both on the same level morality-wise, so I think Shadow's okay, especially considering his company. Upon ascending the carousel, pay attention to the animals the characters chose. Odin picks a golden wolf in a nod to his Norse heritage. In the old myths, he was often accompanied by Gary and Freki, two large wolves. The names meaning ravenous and greedy one, respectively. All combined, Odin with his wolves and ravens would have been a devastatingly good hunter, an observation made by author and biologist Bernd Heinrich. Nancy jumps on the back of a lion, and this is a reference to the Anansi tales. Anansi was always tricking someone, sometimes justified, sometimes not, and one of the animals Anansi antagonized was lion. In one story, lion ate all of Anansi's fish, So Anansi tied Lion to a tree and refused to let him loose. It's actually kind of similar to the Fenrir story in that Anansi and the Lion tie one another to a tree with rope, using increasingly stronger rope, but Anansi uses the strongest rope of all to keep Lion tied up. Chernabog chooses a centaur, and in Russian folklore there's a half-man, half-course creature known as Polkon. Instead of many, apparently there's only one, though. Polkan appears in the story of Bora Korolevich, known as first an enemy, then an ally, which is, I guess, similar to how Chernobog and Shadow met. Although once again, might be reading too much into that. Shadow's right too. If you're gonna get kicked out of a place, you gotta have a story to it, especially a story like I rode the world's largest carousel that no one else has ever ridden. So, if you're gonna do it, go big. A uh, howda is a carriage carried on the back of an elephant although sometimes on the back of a camel, it comes from the Hindi word hauda, which itself comes from the Arabic "hada" or hauda? Maybe it's all hauda. Hmm. I saw mer-creature hyphenated on the page and realized I never really considered mer as a prefix before. You know, I know mermaid and mer-man and all the other mer's, you know, the, just the thousands of mer's we use every day. But I presumed it meant ocean, and I was mostly right. It means sea or marine, and comes from the Middle English "mere," which is a great time to mention that you should definitely read *The Mere Wife* by Maria Davana Headley. It's a heartbreaking retelling of the Beowulf myth, and there's a great twist to it, and I love it. And we will have time to talk about Beowulf in the distant future, I think. No, maybe we already kind of we kind of ran over our time to talk about it when we had our coming to America chapter. Well, maybe it comes up again, and I'm I'm misremembering in the future. The prefix "mer-" though, simply means a creature that is part C creature, so mermaid, merman. I also feel like contextually I knew this, but just the same. It was one of those things that I never really had sat down to look up all the way through, so here we are. Shadow ends up picking a mostly griffin, though griffins typically have the back end of a lion, not a tiger. Still griffin-like, anyhow, and a Tor.com's reread notes that the first known reference to a griffin comes from Herodotus, so we're getting a bit of a circuitous reference here and looping back to the first chapter where Shadow was reading Herodotus in prison. Shadow ends the page by regressing back to childhood a bit, which makes sense. Riding a carousel invokes childhood memories for me, and especially now that I have children. It's one of those pretty freeing moments as an adult where you can ride that with your children. Shadow's also in a pretty vulnerable spot, and even though we've read more than 100 pages, it's still less than a week since Laura died and her animation, reanimation, I suppose. And so a momentary reversion to childhood is believable and understandable. And, of course, there's tons of magic on the carousel, too, which we can talk about on tomorrow's page. You can get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetail at gmail.com and on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage, for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page. And remember, only the gods are real.